0: You for making the merge today we're covering the finale of survivor australia my name's scott clark tonight i'm brought to you by the wayward brewing company and joining me as always the final tribal Christie to my all the other christies it's <laughs> daniel Roby. daniel we got there
1: oh christ we did we got there mate and yeah the Christie thing good grief did anyone else have like that that primal fear edward norton moment like i did like what what what? What am I looking at? Who is this? Who is this incredibly competent speaker I see before me who has narrated fucking nothing?
0: Yeah, I think it took a lot of the, the, the jury by surprise as well. We saw a lot of incredulous looks as they wrote down Christie's name. We, mm. saw Gen- we saw Jenna Louise introducing herself to a Christie she had never met. I like that one. We saw Matt commenting that he he liked one of the Christies, uh, but it wasn't the one that he'd met for most of the, most of the show. I was struggling going into tonight working out if as we suspected the bookmakers had it right all along and Christy was gonna win how she was going to get there. It in the end, it wasn't really a question. She she wiped the floor with Lee in that final tribal. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, but it all depends on her winning that final tribal.
0: Alright, so let's let's get there. Let's jump all the way back to the start. Uh, we open it up with uh, getting a, a shorthand introduction to each of the three survivors that are left in the game. Lee talks about morality. Christy gets introduced as one of the game's biggest risk takers, which, <laughs> which I can only assume is a euphemism for someone who makes terrible game choices.
1: Maybe she just wasn't boiling her water before she drank it or something.
0: Uh, Elle gets no quote at all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. L was there too. Uh,
0: we then go into the, the torch walk.
1: Yeah, speaking of no comments, Tegan. (laughs) The best they could come up with was, she went from yellow to blue.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the Torch Walk is an old Survivor uh, classic where the remaining players, it often happens uh, actually after the final challenge with the final two players on that last day. But in this case, we got it a day earlier and the final three... Go and look at the torch of each contestant that's been voted out, and make vague reminiscences about people that they've either never met or have voted out of the game. Mm-hmm. They they manage to just about milk a, a milk another montage out of that, and it's at this point that I realise that we're going to be seeing a lot of montages because they have no one left to narrate the action.
1: Yeah, totally. If if only they had have woken little Christie up from her fugue state i don't know what was going on man but that performance that she put on in front of the tribal in front of the jury just completely baffling and astounding just the way this whole season's gone um and but it's it was really heartening to know that the jury was just as surprised as i was so that at least tells me that it it was a surprise to everyone we weren't being and production wasn't holding any you know information back from us
0: absolutely and before we get there, Christy's still in her fugue state, complains about the position that she's in in the final three, even though it's almost entirely of her own making since final six.
1: Yeah, you you pretty much just repeated verbatim my tweet. Yeah, that's, that was a great quote from Christy. Yeah, whose fault is that, champ?
0: We then get the loved ones. So before we hit the first ad break, we've already got a torch walk and the loved ones being introduced. They really are cramming all of the survivor nostalgia they can into this final episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
0: We then get a sob story competition from the, uh, from the loved ones who have come in. I'm going to present them all to you, Daniel. You get to tell me who is the best sob story.
1: Oh, Christ.
0: We had Lee's sister explaining that Lee had undergone back surgery where they would told him in this order he would never walk, run or play cricket again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah probably, probably the wrong order there, Doc.
0: Uh, but he proved them all wrong by playing cricket at the highest grade. And I've got to say, he can walk as well.
1: <laughs> and that he was doing it because his kids didn't get to see him in his prime playing sports. So um, survival was the next best thing. I think that was more or less the gist of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, I need my uh, my children to be in awe of me. And this is the best <laughs> yeah, way that I've found.
1: That's, yeah, that's it.
0: We see Elle's sister explaining that Elle's a mum, which hasn't been a prominent feature for the entire season. used to me. And that she's been through some stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh well. It was this. It was the. It was the detail in that story that really got to me.
0: Yeah, eloquence really runs in that family. Um, <laughs> yeah. To 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 be fair, there is some there is some information out there to find about what L has gone through, and it is it is difficult. But I just thought in a season where everybody was kind of kind of putting their heart on their sleeve, for her to keep so much of that back was an interesting, and I I think. Perfectly respectable decision to make as well.
1: Once I thought I had mono, it just turned out I was really bored.
0: (laughs) We then see, we then see Christy and her dad. Now,
1: oh man, how about that leg (whistles) wrap?
0: Christy describes her dad as her actual dream of an (laughs) eight-year-old.
1: Which
0: I I thought was interesting. Um, We we then see that um, Christy, apparently, Survivor was uh, what Christy used to get through the divorce that her dad had.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. As a product of a divorced mom and dad. Yeah, the old dad weekend could be pretty fucking tough. So if you if you found something to just sort of make that every make that fortnightly weekend bearable, yeah, I would have been holding on to that with all fours as well.
0: Now this is a father who is one we- wearing wearing a t-shirt that simply has I is greater than you uh-huh, printed uh-huh. on it, mm-hmm. and and made the quote adversity is life. <laughs> So oh,
1: that is profound.
0: I'm just going to say I can understand why Christy says Survivor is her real dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was weird.
0: We then we then get into a challenge that uh, I'm not going to take anything away from it. it. It was epic. The use of the waves was fantastic, even if it was only for uh, how great it looked visually. It clearly also gave an extra degree of difficulty to the challenge. But it also it looked awesome, them them having this this constantly rising wave buffeting them as they completed the challenge.
1: Yeah, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you that. It it obviously looked really beautiful just on the perch of this awesome rock in Samoa overlooking the ocean and there's greenery everywhere. Yeah, it looked great. But like my argument with uh, the Star Wars prequels, like you can have all the special effects and the pretty stuff on screen you like, but it doesn't really make much difference when you don't really care about the characters involved.
0: Yeah, so. We see after six hours, uh, Elle step, uh, steps out of the challenge. Uh, her, her wrist is clearly locked in place and we kind of get the first sense of just how physically debilitating this is going to be. We then get at six and a half, hour, six and a half hours, Christy then goes, goes on to essentially try and bargain with Lee for Lee to get down.
1: Yeah, so after, so after Elle dropped off the perch, Christy just gave this, oh my god, this incredibly overdramatic, hammy plead. It looked like it was fake crying. Whether she was just dehydrated and she couldn't muster any tears, that was one thing, but all I saw was Halle Berry accepting a fucking Oscar and I was vomiting. Oh, projectile vomiting all the way to the telly.
0: I've, I've got the quotes. Do you want them?
1: Oh, go on then.
0: You gave me an opportunity in this game that I couldn't have gotten without you. I think you will win. I don't think I'll get any votes. Uh, And immediately in the back of my head, I heard Sandra saying, I don't know about that.
1: I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) You remind me of my dad. You supported me no matter what. And in future, I will only see you once a month. I may have added the last bit. Um, And finally, you're making an eight-year-old girl's dream come true. Now,
1: yes, yes, very good. I
0: had, been, uh, I had been at the pub at Sydney Craft Beer Week up here, and uh, I'm availing myself of those facilities as much as I can. Uh, and an argument did spring up with the people that I was watching, watching with at this point. Lee collapses just after that speech. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he was agreeing to the bargain by any means, but do you think that her pleading distracted him and broke his concentration en- enough? that it affected his performance.
1: Mate, I have absolutely no opinion of that. Hey, I just I saw I saw Lee just sort of take this on board, get a little emotional, welled up a little bit, and his response basically at the end of her dramatic pitch was just, I'll just, you know, just hold on. So that that says no to me. Uh, and when he buckled, it just looked a bit like coach and token sheens and Fishback rang up to him. Oh, my God, man, are you all right? Like... All right, mate. Like this is this was clearly a pretty tough challenge. The, all their bodies were cramping. Both, all three of them looked like rat shit once they off once they got off the perch. But I don't know, man. Whether Lee was distracted or not, I don't
0: know. Okay, we we do cut straight from that challenge to the tribal council, though, because clearly Christie's just decided she's taking Lee. There was no scramble. And these none of these people can tell a story. So they just just jump straight ahead to the tribal. <laughs> yeah,
1: thankfully, yeah.
0: The jury seem annoyed that Christie's won at first. Yeah,
1: annoyed and like just a, like amazed, like, oh my god. Yeah.
0: And Elle and Lee get to make their pitch on why Christie should take them to the end. And this serves as a little bit of an appetizer to the poo-poo platter that will be Lee's performance at Final Tribal.
1: Yeah, if I mate, I tell you what, if I see one more survivor when that question is posed to them, reply like Elle did and say, well, you know, what you see is what you get with me. Like, that is an argument for fucking nothing. Like, what are you talking about? What, what question do you think you've just been asked? What you see is what you get. I am who I am. What, what sort of a... What sell job are you trying to give me? I'm, well, I, I'm, I
0: think the only question that's appropriate to is, do you feel that my appearance creates a case for false marketing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be fair, she's right. It doesn't. Uh,
1: I don't know. Anyway, we've just heard that particular line come up so often after that question. And it's, you know, it's it's just noise. It's just people talking and saying things that they think they should say. And I don't know why they think you should say it because it's just noise. Um, yeah, so Elle fell over herself just doing the, the, the unemotional the un- deadpanned response. Um, she looked over to the jury and quipped that, you know, she doesn't think she'll get any votes. I think that was horse shit. Uh, I think Christy was well within her rights. Regardless of her agenda, um, I think taking Lee was probably the right choice out of those two because I think Elle was much more liked than Lee. Uh, I think it might have been quite convenient that Christy had retconned this attaching herself to Lee to sort of take them, fu- take them further. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm.
0: Um, I thought it was interesting as well that when Lee gets to make his case he says I've been with you from the start and please stop putting her under pressure just doubling down on the two, on the yeah. two things he's done with her for the entire season yeah
1: fuck it Lee why not we're at tribal right Like it's not like these people know what you've done or anything uh, you should stop pressuring this poor girl and also I've been with her all the time ignore the votes that I gave to her
0: so uh, she does indeed uh, vote Elle out We will be going to a final tribal of Lee and Christy. And at this point in the episode, I'm really worried.
1: I tell you what, if it wasn't for the whole Sportsbet debacle... uh, Quick shout out to sportsbet.com.au. Yeah, thanks for ruining the season, you fucking clowns. To to be fair, they did their job. (laughs) They did... Well, look. (sighs) I'm not going to open it up again, but basically in a 24-horse race where... It's already number one. It's already finished, and number two, there's 24 players in it. You give one of them a dollar fifty from the get go. You give the next one eight dollars, and the rest are in the high teens and further. Like, come on, mate, fuck. Anyway, yeah. we, could, we could fucking talk about sports bet all day, but anyway,
0: I do have a a more pressing question though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we open up on day 55, and my big question was, Roby, who are you more surprised to see? on the beach, on day 55, Christy or Chester?
1: Yeah. i tell you what, man, I would have lost a lot of money early on if I had actually put my money where my mouth was in regards to Chester. I was tweeting all the time, just like, don't get too attached to the chook because, hey, guess what? He's a chook and he's on Survivor. The
0: good good news is uh, that this was actually filmed quite a long time ago. And... um, and Chester actually ended up being one of the chuggets that you ate as a forfeit for your bet on, Sue.
1: <laughs> oh, you monster. You did the old switch on me. Oh, Chester. Oh, I hardly knew you.
0: Um, we, we we then see Lee define himself as a physical and social player, and already we know that that's going to be a problem when people don't like him. Yep. And he defines Christie as strategic. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just neither of them could could pull off strategic in in a million years they neither of them deserved that yeah i don't know sit, sitting with lee sitting down next to christy even even with the clues that we were given i really thought that lee stood a fair chance of at least taking this
0: yeah I, and i think heading into that i would have i would have said that it's going to be what mood the jury in as what mood the jury is in that shapes this vote more than the performance of the two players. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. I, I will say that I think this was essentially a one nil jury victory. Christie had one point and she hammered it home. Lee had no points and that's why he lost.
1: Yeah. I, I think the, the importance of the final speech to the jury cannot be understated Um, It it seemingly happened time and time again where regardless of which way a jury member had thought that they were going to go prior to the speech, uh, it seems that a convincing speech can really just sweep someone up in the moment uh, and tip the balance for you. And I think that's exactly what Christy did. Christ, she came out strong. She came out strong to every single question. And whether whatever she was saying was bullshit or not, I mean, half of it was, half of it wasn't. Um, Regardless of whether it was or not, she just said it with such conviction and such confidence. And she got on the front foot from the very get-go. And she just did an amazing job. I didn't know who we were watching. Because if that character... I, if, if I had been with that character the whole way through, I would have been in her corner. No doubt about it. But we weren't. We were given this neurotic head case who was just insufferable from every single time that she was talking to us. Especially in the confessionals. She was just... Oh, Christ. it was It was just... Bridge of the nose pinching frustration. Um, I really wish we had' got that, Christy for longer.
0: Yeah, so we saw it straight from the opening statements. In Lee's opening statement, he talks he talks about the trust loyalty and respect line. Uh, he should have picked up, or sorry, he could have picked up from the jury's reactions to those kind of comments from himself and L for the previous tribal councils that that wasn't going to be something that that was going to fly. Not for him. And then he made, it, made the do-it-for-my-kids argument. Christy, however...
1: Uh, I also liked it how we, uh, he we gave this vague little um, tip of the hat to... Yeah, I've also got some philanthropic work that I want to sort of ramp up.
0: Now... Oh, w- we'll, we'll w- get to that. Okay, okay go, go. <laughs> so Chris, Christy, however, comes out, you thought I was crazy. I wasn't. I was determined. I had to do different things. My big move was Pho- was Phoebe. My goal when I got to the got to the merge was... Uh, Vavau, then Sinapu, and that happened. Uh, Anyone who wants to look up correlation isn't causation at this point, please feel free to do so. Yeah, I went through 20 tribals and I went through two tribes. Who can say that? I can say that.
1: Yeah, and and again, that's one of those all-encompassing statements that half of it was bullshit, most of it was retconning, but some of it was true. So let's just deconstruct that. So she said that her big, if she's hanging her hat on her big move being to Phoebe, that's no move at all. No,
0: no, I think that's fair. She was under pressure. She managed to turn it enough. It was probably because people feared Phoebe and didn't fear her. But it's a, we've seen people point to less. Um, to uh, me, well, To me, the thing was she constructed an argument that was essentially I did what I had to do to stay in the game. I would have liked to have played harder than I than I did, but the circumstances wouldn't allow it. Yes, I flipped backwards and forwards, but I did it in a subtle way that it wasn't seen as a big move and therefore I didn't become a target. Everything was stacked against me. There's no way that I should be here. You guys should have got rid of me, but you didn't. And now I'm here and I deserve to be here and I deserve to be the sole survivor. Now, I think what it is is a masterful job of retconning Yes, it's a it's a much better job of retconning than she's done for the rest of the season. Yep. It, there is at least a logic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, she laid out an argument, and then every question she pivoted back to some part part of that argument.
1: Yep, for sure. No, she did. A, she did an absolutely stellar job at creating uh, a, a persona, for lack of a better word, for this final tribal. Um, she must have. It, it felt like she was doing a lot of preparation for this back at camp, whereas whereas Lee, basically, uh, it felt like he did none.
0: Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll quickly whip through each of the jury questions. If there's a point that you want to pick up on, stop me. So we started off with Elle, whose question to Lee was, what will be your first selfless act? And her question to Christy was, you never talk to me, why should I vote for you? Mm-hmm. And I, I often get this feeling when I when I watch some of these uh to watch some of these final tribals that sometimes the survivors should just go, you know what? I don't need to answer that. You've clearly made up your mind.
1: (laughs) I think it was, uh, the blonde girl from Palau, uh, Janu got up in tribal and those two just fucking absolutely loathed each other. Uh, and, and Janu posited a question to her. Uh, and I, again, forgetting the girl's name, she just said, she basically said that, just look, sit down Janu, I don't expect you to vote for me. So just go away. I think she ended up getting no votes, but look, you can go that way, but you'd be a fool not to just try and conjure something, anything out of the moment that you've been afforded, you know?
0: Christy pivots back to her point and says, when I got to, uh, Fia Fia, she even goes so far as to saying, if I was you, I would have just got rid of everyone else and then worked it out amongst the nine, but I managed to wheedle my way in there. Now, I thought that was a little bit aggressive, but what it does do is pivot back to her main point. Um, Whereas Lee uh, identifies three selfless acts that he would do. One is look after his parents. The second is look after his kids. And the third one is nameless philanthropic work.
1: And so with that point, it's just like, look, either you're actually doing some philanthropic work or you're not. If you are doing philanthropic work... Throw some names at me, man. Give me specifics. Let me know what you're doing so that I can put actual stock in the things that you're saying and you get credit for the, for the actual work that you're doing. Otherwise, if it's bullshit, it's a pretty shitty lie. I'm just doing general philanthropic work and I'd like to continue that. Shut up.
0: Yep. We then get Flick who says to Christy, you didn't play. And Christy says, no, I didn't play the same way as you did. Making a subtle move uh, was the right thing to do when the big moves were getting voted out. Again, it's retconning, but she's pivoting back to the story she's trying to tell the jury, and it's consistent.
1: Oh, she did an amazing job. Every single question, an amazing job.
0: Brooke Brooke tries to be the awkward questioner in this tribal. She asks whether Lee and Elle are romantic or did Lee lead her on. Uh Lee starts off by saying there is no romance; it was just a comfort spoon. Uh, <laughs> Tell a day, Charlie. But by the end of it, he's saying we will be go- outside of this game. We'll be good friends at least. Yeah, I I think you're sending mixed messages, Lee. Uh it's it's a solid amber light. Um, <laughs> we- Brooke then refers to Christie as letting Lee be her daddy.
1: Yeah, oh, that was a good one. Mm. We all, we've all seen how Christy hugs her daddy. Good grief. Lee wishes.
0: Christy gives a hard no and then says part of her gameplay was letting people feel like they had control. She's an amazing actor.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And she did well, you know, like, again, half and half. The stuff that she said was just like, look, I was using Lee just as much as he was using me, if not more so. It's like, okay, that's fine, but mate, he voted for you. Like, there was a period of time there where Lee was not your guy. Um, it just, you know, but, you know, in the moment she retconned it. She made it seem like she hitched her wagon to the right horse and, and he got her there. Look, I can't be overstated enough. She just did absolutely amazing. Who the f- who the fuck was that, man?
0: It wasn't Christy. JL then gets up and calls Lee ignorant and arrogant. Accurate. Yep. Lee apologizes.
1: But <laughs> That's all he-, he got out, too.
0: He apologises for mentioning money and doesn't really go to, I think, what people were driving for, which is the, the whole concept that he was trying to take the moral high ground and looking down on people and making gameplay seem shameful. A few people kind of hinted at that or flat out said it. And the apology was only for the specific instance that JL was talking about rather than getting to the heart of the matter
1: yeah and and Nick was definitely our vessel for catharsis when it comes to that particular topic but I really liked the the way that Jl opened it up it was just like it's just such a resonating opening sentence it's just like it's nice to meet you you know it's nice to meet yeah. you Christy it's just like that's a hundred percent right and I can't believe that that even the people that she was on the island with were taken aback so much like how do you how do you put in an effort for fifty odd days and then completely just dis- and p- completely surprise everyone with the display that she had. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's fascinating. It's it, it was like I said before. It was like that. It was like a Kaiser Sose or it was like an Ed Norton in Primal Fear moment. It was just like holy shit, you know? I mean, I don't obviously don't give her that much credit. I mean, uh, I think she's just an incredibly. I think she's just incredibly good at preparing a speech, or at least preparing a game plan in her mind, whether it's true or not so that she's able to articulate it. But even articulation hadn't been a strong suit. I was—I I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Where am I? Who, who are you? Where am I doing?
0: Uh, I'm Roby. Uh, you're you're FOD, and you have to go to work tomorrow. Ugh. Kylie then gets up and gives the opening speech, which was odd, <laughs> considering... <laughs> Wasn't that,
1: oh, God bless her. It's just like, you are giving... <laughs> sweetheart, you are giving the speech that the first Jira is meant to give when they don't necessarily have any thing to say. You don't say it halfway through. So she sort of turned the standard opening speech from, you know, I just want to hear the truth. I haven't made up my mind yet. I'm open to anything that you have to tell me. And she gives it halfway through. So that sort of got turned to uh, continue doing what you're doing and keep <laughs> keep telling me what you're te- like. Oh, God bless her. I just can't not like her. She's just too much of a sweetheart.
0: Uh, we then get Sam saying that the perception is that Lee takes advantage of the vulnerable. Um, and I thought this was kind of a turning point as well because it shows that it's not just Chris, Christy wiping the floor with people. It's also there is a real sense of some of the bullying that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not being phrased as bullying, it is being seen as manipulating a vulnerable person.
1: Yep, for sure. I, Sam getting up and doing that, I had a slightly different take on it. I sort of read that as he's clearly aware and there's a lot of chirp back at Jury Villa of what he's talking about. And it seemed to me like he was trying to give Lee uh, a chance to uh, just answer the questions that um, he'd heard back in, back in the farm, you know?
0: Fair enough. We then get Nick. Uh, and Nick stands up and tells Christy, I don't know you. You're being incredibly articulate tonight. I haven't seen that for the last few weeks. Uh, and I don't know what to make of it.
1: And she also had her balls to the wall.
0: Yes, um, Lee, he then launches into a diatribe at, uh, on apparently Lee's favourite topic, which is morality. Uh, he calls Lee a pompous hypocrite and basically challenges Lee to either admit that the rhetoric he's been using was a ruse uh, or to acknowledge that the jury probably has to hold into that rhetoric and he's fell, fallen short.
1: Yeah. Again, just super accurate. Great question. Um, really cathartic. Um, I would have, I would have accepted an, an earnest admission of um, nefarious dealings or um, manipulation, even though I, even though I, from the confessionals I've seen, I know it not to be true. I, I know it to not be true. Um, I would have accepted it. I would have at least liked to see him own it. But
0: yeah, I think we then leap. Kind of answers the pompous thing, but doesn't really answer the hypocrite thing. Uh, again, he kind of... he he looks at, He's looking too closely at the specifics or responding to the specifics rather than looking at what the overall theme of these questions is, which is, why did you try and shut down everyone's game with a morality that you didn't end up using yourself?
1: And vilify anyone that actually wanted to try, as we said before, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we then get Sue, who gets up and is kind of the only one who really has a go at, go at Christy for the flip-flopping. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you did my head in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, even even in casting her vote, she, uh, she says that she's still a very naughty girl. Oh, um,
1: gotta love Sue.
0: Christy responds by saying that she always knew who was going home. Um, that might be true. I'm going to have to go back and re- re-look at the tribals to see if that is accurate.
1: So look, I'm, I'm currently sitting in front of the Wikipedia, so... Let's just go from the merge tribe fear fear. We've got Connor going. She voted for Connor. We got Kate going. She voted for Nick, but Nick used an immunity. So the next one went. So that one technically doesn't count. Uh, the next vote, Nick went. She voted for Nick. Kylie, she, she voted for Kylie. Sue, she voted for Sue. JL, she voted for JL. Brooke, she voted for Brooke. Matt and Sam, that was the tie. So again, that doesn't really count, but whatever. Sam, Matt, Flick, L. Uh, yeah, so you know technically she's right
0: but i I put it to you that one she's she isn't even technically right because she didn't know who was going home when Nick played his idol, but secondly, she certainly wasn't aware of what was going on in all those votes because her name was the other side of a couple of them
1: yeah i mean i absolutely i absolutely agree with you man, but when you're sitting there in front of a jury that's trying to make up their mind who they're going to give a half million dollars to, I think it's I think it's fucking Fantastic retconning.
0: Exactly. So we then finally see Matt, who says, who who acknowledges what we're all thinking at this point, which is the Christie that's appeared at Final Tribal definitely deserves the title. That the fifty-four days it took her to get there maybe doesn't. He wants to know which Christie it is that's going to get the title that he's dreamed about. Christie dominated Final Tribal. There can be no question that she deserved it on that last night's performance. Amen. Um, they bring in the uh, more loved ones.
1: Oh, oh, that was my favourite moment. Just sort of, you could see the production staff behind a palm and a tiki just waving Lee's kids through. Just quickly, kids, sit over there. Get a front row seat for your dad. He's about to lose. No matter
0: what the first question is, just say proud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We then see the vote happening on the spot, including a bizarre technique they used where... After uh, our favourite host, that isn't props, read the vote. They would then flash to the person who got voted for, and then flash to the person who cast the vote. Um, it was all very odd. But did you miss the live finale?
1: Absolutely. The live finale for me is just all part of a balanced survivor diet. You know, like it's just it's critical decompression. It's just your chance. To iron out some of the kinks, get some of the answers to some of the questions that you had, see how a few of the, relation- the key relationships are doing. I think Ten are fucking mad to not do it. It would cost them nothing. They would get plenty of views. And it's it's just more it's more opportunity for advertising. Like I don't understand why they don't do it. It's easy. It's an easy one. And if not was, to
0: mention the fact that it takes away that uh, the some of the betting line stuff because the best that they exactly. can do is, fi- yeah. is find out who's in the final two.
1: Exactly right. Like I, I just don't see a downside to it. Um, I need my decompression. I need my denouement. Like, it, and and it's not like they didn't have a host to do it. JLP was doing a fantastic job replicating Jeff Probst's vibe. His, his questions. He just needs some practice at it, but he's get, he got there very very quickly in this season. I thought, and I think he would do a more than ample job of sitting down and just sort of discussing with the the castaways, you know, what happened in the past, how everything's doing now. I I Absolutely. don't understand. I don't understand. It's fucking ludicrous.
0: You and I have had have got some good mileage out of making a little bit of fun of uh, a little JLP. All season, but he he has actually knocked it out of the park. Uh, I thought we I thought
1: we've been his biggest fans to be to be fair. I mean, apart from the nicknames, I think we've done nothing but praise his name.
0: Indeed, i I think he I think considering it was his first season, his uh his commentary's been good. His questions after a slowish start, kind of by that uh the sixth or seventh tribal, he was actually getting getting to a good point. He and I thought his handling of driving the story in these last few weeks with some players who weren't as good at driving it themselves um, was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's certainly at the point where he could do a live finale. I don't know whether he's reached that, that, that pinnacle yet, whether he could, he could deal with Sia storming the stage uh, to talk about animal abuse. But that's, that's a lot to ask for a first season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's just give him the chance and see what happens. You know, what's the what's the worst that happens? You know, we get a an unstructured sort of giant podcast out of the the whole cast, you know, like, so what? That'd be great, too.
0: Yeah. So I, for the first three or four segments of this episode, my planned introduction was going to be that you were the at least they got a second season to my crushing disappointment.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go
0: with that. I thought the f- the final Tribal actually exceeded my expectations for any of the final four people. Um, yes. The fact that it was Christie was even more surprising. Uh, it was a fantastic final Tribal performance. It washed some of the bad taste of a kind of frustrating final game uh, for, for the last couple of weeks uh, and leaves us going out on a high from, uh, from this season.
1: I was also really proud of the entire jury. I mean, it's... I can understand how easy it would be to fall into an echo chamber of one's own ideas and opinions and really foster some ill will and some bad feelings and just blow things out of proportion and come into, come into the final tribal with guns blazing and make a complete dick of yourself, embarrassing yourself and everyone watching. And no one did that this tribal. Everyone was really measured, thoughtful, considerate, respectful... And some really good questions came out. Some questions that I really needed to see asked. Uh, I thought, obviously, Nick was a standout. Matt can't do anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. He's just fucking fantastic. JL was fantastic. Uh, I kind of wish, you know, someone like Craig was there as well to just sort of boost those numbers a bit. But everyone just did a fantastic job. And look, like we've said before, all things considered, this is spiritually our first real survivor attempt and it was fucking awesome and we're going to get another one so come on
0: absolutely so you and i talked a little bit offline and i think what we've decided is we've we've recorded we've recorded this tonight to kind of give our instant thoughts on how the finale went uh we want to kind of have a bit of a think and a reflection on how the season went as a whole uh, and we will be back next Monday night. We'll do our regular Monday night podcast. And in that, we're going to uh, look a little bit, look back on the season a little bit, discuss it kind of as a whole and what we think th- they could do improve for the second season. Uh, we're also going to take that as an opportunity to review the uh, apparently much-hyped Survivor Appears on Family Feud episode that's Jesus happening on Christ. Sunday night.
1: We're not going to do that to our listeners, are we? Fuck.
0: Uh, we 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 may do it very very quickly. Um,
1: oh man, that's going to be a talk about a turd in the punch bowl. The party is well and truly officially over, ladies and gentlemen. We have fielded two teams for family fucking feud with that little gnome, that little Channel Ten gnome doing the hosting. Oh.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna say it might be worth the price of admission just just to hear you discuss Grant oh
1: Um Christ. All right, let's do it. Fuck it. Why not? I'm Daniel Roby and welcome to jackass <laughs>
0: <laughs> the good news is we uh, you, you've got us for at least one more week the, the other thing is obviously if there's anyone who was associated with this season of Australian survivor I assume that there was some pretty uh, pretty stringent, Uh, restrictions on who could talk and when but um, now that the season's over if there is anyone who participated in the show in any capacity if you're a cameraman out there if you worked on the on uh, medical or obviously if you're a participant in the show uh, and you would like uh, you would like to have a chat tell us how wrong we were uh, then obviously we would welcome that as well how can they get in touch with us Daniel
1: yeah some discourse would be super welcome that would be good fun uh, look, if you want to get in contact with us, jump onto our Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast, Jump onto our Twitter, at Um I will most certainly be chasing up some players for some interviews. Uh, if we can get any of the handful of players that I'm looking for, we will certainly uh, let you all know and we'll be releasing interview podcasts. And I will be trying my best to get a green flag for one or all or some of those. Um, So, fingers crossed, we've got some of those to look forward to down the track. Um, Thank you very, very much to Patty and the Rats for the use of our theme song, The Captain's Dead, from the album Tales from the Docks. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Thank you, Thank you very much, gentlemen, for the free use of your song, Uh, I love your stuff and I really, really appreciate you helping us out in that manner. I thought it was just a perfect little flavor for the introduction and outro for our podcast. So thanks for that again. A massive, massive shout out to anyone that has been listening to us over the course of the season. Your support really, really, I really, really appreciate it, everyone. I'm just really stoked that we have a product that is of interest to you. You haven't heard The Last of Us, that is for damn sure.
0: So uh, for this week at least, thank you for tuning into us all season. Thank you for tuning into Survivor, and of course, thank you for making the merge.
1: Until the next time, thank you very, very much. <laughs> <laughs>